0: Good morning. How you guys doing? It's good to see you all. I didn't know what to expect this morning. I didn't know if we'd have, I didn't know how many folks we'd have. <laughs> we are in the I think this probably, this weekend's probably the climax of the off-season, and uh, you know, the yeah. mountains close, spring break is here, and everybody's cutting for the coast or someplace warmer, thawing out, and, uh, but I'm so glad you all are here this morning, and uh, just so, so, so good to be together. And anybody visiting for the first time? Never been here? Yeah! We got some students from Western this morning. Way to go, guys. Welcome. Excited that you're all here. Um, and again, as most of you guys know, the last, for quite a while now, we started back in the fall, back in September, we started a series in Galatians uh, entitled Set Free. And uh, we took a little bit of a break over Christmas and New Year's, take care of a few things, and interjected. A, uh, a marriage study in there, too, for about four or five weeks. But this this is the last Sunday. This is the wrap-up of Galatians. It's the last one that we're going to be doing. So uh, excited for that. And uh, um, and because of that, there's some—we're going to be addressing some of the— this is Paul's final exhortation to the church in Galatia, and there's kind of some consistent themes throughout. Scott was kind of laughing when he, he gave me the scripture, too. He's like, you know, Paul only mentioned circumcision like 20 times in this passage in the last time. like, great. So, you know, some of those things that you, you've heard about, you know, a lot, um, this message. But uh, excited to dive in with this, you all today. And um, and again, if you have your Bibles, uh, the, the scripture, chunk of scripture that we're going to be going through is chapter 6, verses 11 through 18. Uh, so you might want to go ahead and open there. That. That's where we'll start. And uh, I'll go ahead and uh, kind of read that scripture. And, uh, and I take it from the NAS, so, um, but whatever you have works too. Um, so starting in verse 11, we'll read the scripture, then we'll pray for our time. So Paul starts out in verse 11. See with, see with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they desire to have you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And those who will walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause trouble for me. For I bear on my body the the brand marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brethren. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for this time this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word, for your truth. Uh, Father, I pray that this is just uh, impressed upon our hearts deeply this morning as we dive in. I pray that you will just speak to us this morning, Lord. Father God, I, just, I thank you for this time we have. I thank you that um, as we just start to slow down, and we can just kind of hit the recalibrate button, Lord, and we can just kind of just take a deep breath um, maybe and just really um, just hear from you, Lord. We want to hear from you. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So again, one of the things, and one of the things I love about the book of Galatians is throughout this entire letter, Paul's pretty fired up, if you haven't noticed. He's really, he gets really excited at times. And sometimes there's some other emotions in there too, right? He gets a little angry, a little frustrated. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, right? Or just kind of really driving his point home too. But one of the main things, and it 's this, this, this last few texts too is is the passion which with paul is is bringing forward here too and um, and that really just hit me this week as I was preparing for this message too which is this passion that he 's coming and uh, I actually looked this word up um, and i don 't know why because you know it 's a word that I think is so often kind of used in kind of common vernacular we take it for granted, we hear it all the time and and I was actually really convicted because I use this word, and in my mind, I use it really flippantly and really just kind of, oh, I'm passionate about skiing or I'm passionate maybe about golf, you know, I'm not that passionate. Although, the, the, the if anybody wants to watch the Masters, it's going to be on at our house this afternoon. You guys can come over. No, but you, know, you think about, you know, just the passion um, that Paul has. And again, like, That word, and so I I actually looked it up, and the first thing that Google had was um, something that was kind of resonated and kind of what you would think of the word passion. Um, And again, it fits here in the context of what of Paul, uh, a strong and barely controllable emotion. Um, And sometimes we can describe things with a strong and barely controllable emotion. But then I, I kept looking, and I came across this too, and this is where I started to be really kind of convicted. Um, The word passion comes from the Latin word pati, which means suffering or enduring. And then, so if you were to say to have compassion, you're going to suffer with somebody, right? You're not immune to their pain. And at its form, it's a deep, deep form of pain that demands to be quenched in our hearts. And again, it's not for the faint of heart, Right? are those who lack patience, but the ability to suffer. And again, hence, you think about, and then the next thing was the passion of Jesus Christ and the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ. And that's when I was like, wow. I, I think I use that word a little carelessly sometimes. But again, this, this, this so resonates with, with the passion that Paul is speaking here too. And again, you think about passionate people throughout history, Um, whether they're in, in the church or out of the church too. And again, they have that deep burning in their hearts, that longing of something that demands to be quenched, that passion with, right? And I love this too. And again, those things, those things that we love to do, those skiing, golfing, whatever, those are good things, right? And again, we're all created and gifted so uniquely and so amazingly. And all those things can bring glory to God too. One of the Noel and I were driving down the road. I don't know when it was, a couple weeks ago too. And it just kind of rings out to me. You think about people who live with passion, but it was—I think it was again—the only radio station we have here. And it was—it was, um, it was uh, on K, too. But they're they're talking about, and it's um, it was a quote from Bach, and I loved it too. And, and and again, this was a man who was passionate and was using his gifts too. But he said, "the the aim and the final end of all music should be none other than the glory of God." and the refreshment of the soul. And how beautiful is that, too, when that's just aligned? Isn't that cool when our passions come to align in a healthy place? Isn't that amazing? I love that. And so, folks, kind of the the first question I have for you today, and I ask this rhetorically, too, so I'm not expecting a response. i got to be careful in this context, because I know you guys will... <laughs> come right back at me too. But folks, what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about anything? What are you truly passionate about? Is there a pain down deep in your heart that longs to be quenched? What's dictating this? Is there something that you want to be passionate about but that you're not? There's something in the way maybe, I don't know. And I love this too. If you think about Paul, when he starts off in verse 11, right, so passionate about, it. see with what large letters I am writing to you. And again, as was customary, Paul would, he, would, he was dictating to a emuensis, I think is what it was called, or a scribe, basically, a lot of his letters. And he would take the pen at the end, it's kind of his customary, and he would add his personal postscript, um, a lot of times to prevent forgery, or he'd add just a few little postscripts to some friends and encouragement edification of some time too. But in Galatians right here, he goes just a little bit step further. And he really goes and, and adds a couple more verses too. And it kind of resonates with that passion. And again, the whole large letters things. I mean, there's there's kind of a few, I don't know, scholars would maybe go back and forth too again. You know, maybe they would say, you know, Paul, a little maybe a little more comfortable writing Hebrew than Greek. So I had to write these large letters. Or... You know, there's the the bodily ailment uh, of Paul that's referenced uh, in Galatians 4.13 with his eyesight or his hand, you know, that maybe he had to write large letters. But, and again, I think there's also this consensus too that, folks, he was writing with passion. It's almost like he had just capital letters across the board like, listen to this. I mean, this is his final exhortation and this is what he's saying. Um, And definitely trying to get our attention here too. Um. And, folks, i got to be honest with you, too. And, you know, as I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the passion of Paul, and I spent so much time in my life being passionate about things that are absolutely rubbish. I don't know about you. Um, and it's just, I look back on this, too, and, you know, it's, and sometimes it's kind of almost sickening, too, right? But it can happen so easily. But what are you passionate about? And again, throughout this whole letter, Paul is passionate about We have to ask the question, what, what was Paul so passionate about? What was he defending, and what was at stake here? right? And What was the, the point that he was trying to make? Um, and again, as we've talked about, um, the Judaizers, or, the, or their circumcision camp, if you will, um, were trying to add to the gospel. Um, they're trying to add you know, convincing these folks that not only that Jesus has finished work on the cross, but hey, you've got to be circumcised too to add to this, right? Um, and so in essence, Paul is, is defending the essence of Christianity here too. And that's, that's one of the reasons why he was so passionate. Um, because we pick it up in verse 12 uh, for the next slide. I think it's the next slide too. Yeah, verse 12. Those who desire... To make a good showing in the flesh, try to compel you to be circumcised. Again, simply so that they will not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they desire to have you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. And I love this too. Um, I like to read a lot of different guys, kind of across the board, but one of the guys I like to read a lot too is John Stott. And he poses it this way. He says... um, is the essence of the Christian religion outward or inward? We must answer that Christianity is fundamentally not a religion of external circumstances, but something inward and spiritual in the heart. And again, these things are so good. And what they, and even circumcision, I mean, God initially intended this, you know, circumcision to have a meaning of a circumcision of the heart. Um, And again, too, but folks, this is so applicable, just as applicable today as it was back then, too, and how easily sometimes, you know, these things can become something that they're not intended. Um, Again, we can get so topsy-turvy in our thinking, right? Um, And we substitute the sign for the thing that's signified on this, too. Um, And even then, we can also, sometimes... Add to what we shouldn't be adding to, that it's done. Like, this is done. We don't have to add anything to this. And so the second question I have for you all today, to kind of wrestle with and think about, are you more concerned about your external circumstances or appearances than what is going on in your heart? Think about that. Are you more concerned about your external circumstances or appearances or what people might think than in what is going on in your heart? Um, again, it's so easy sometimes, too. Even our relationship to have everything's up here. You know, our walk is up here. Everything, you know, it's it's this rote. It's um, and not here so much sometimes, too, like down deep in our heart. How important that is, too. I love... Um, and the world reminded me of this passage last night. And this is Proverbs 4, 23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. And I love that too. And again, folks, and there's this equation, um, and I don't know who first came up with it. There's been books written about it. I think one of the, Tulian the, uh, not I can't pronounce his name, it's Greek or something too. He wrote a book and it's called Jesus Plus Nothing Equals Everything there's this equation. And a lot of guys have used it, um, and you can put it up there too. Or Jesus plus, in this case, right, it was Jesus plus circumcision equals everything. Like you had to have this too. But again, this is so applicable to what we have today. And you can put all kinds of other things in there. You could put Jesus plus maybe the approval of others, Jesus plus good works, Jesus plus going to church on Sunday. Again, you've got to have the right, I don't know. Crusty but we're not so worried about it. <laughs> you know, what we wear, you know, but looking right, doing the part, dressing right, um, and kind of playing that part. Um, and again, folks, we're, we were created, make no mistake, we're created to feel loved and validated. And there's only one place that you will ever find that. And that's just resting in the presence of Jesus and knowing that. It's Jesus plus nothing else that we do. Um, has that, that that validation, that love, and again, because it can be so easy, like maybe it's Jesus plus a boyfriend or Jesus plus a girlfriend, right? Um, that we're looking for too. And this is what's so cool about the gospel. When you think about this, is that folks, sometimes we think about the gospel and it's okay. The gospel is for people outside the church. Or the gospel is for um, you know those who don't believe. But the gospel is, we never outgrow the gospel, ever. We never outgrow the gospel. Um, and we never outgrow the need for Christ's finished work on the cross. And folks, if, if there's one thing that like throughout this, this, this book of Galatians that we've studied too, that folks just know that you are so radically loved and so radically um, approved and validated um, through the work and the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And there's nothing in, at all that you have to add to it um, to close that gap. Um, but again, if you think about throughout history, God's people are so often, we get distracted and, and, and try and do this on our own too. Um, as I was preparing for this too, I came across Isaiah twenty nine thirteen. Again, you know, six seven hundred years before the birth of Christ, even right. Um, Then the Lord said, "Because this people draw near to me with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me, and their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote." Again, this is so. It happens so even today. It happens so easily, and it's something that we constantly have to guard ourselves with. And again, what Paul is so passionate here, too. is It's been done. It's been finished. And it's not by works of, of our own, and nothing we can add to. Um, and I don't know if these verses are up there or not, too, but this is um, I don't know if I put this on a slide again. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, right? Classic. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as, as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So then, folks, we have nothing to boast in of anything that we have done on our own effort at all, at all. And so the next question I have for you to think about, what are you boasting in? What are you boasting in? And again, there's this, in the passage that we we're diving into today too, there's this uh, this tension between um, the human versus the divine, if you will, right? Of what we can do and, and what we can do to achieve XYZ or what God can do and what Paul's telling us this is what, you know, the Lord can do. Are you boasting in the human or the divine? Basically. Again, the next slide. In verse 14, he goes on to say, oh, never mind, maybe not. Um, but may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Again, for neither is circumcision, anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And again, you have to go back and, and, and this hit me too, as I was thinking about this, and you think about what Paul's boasting in, and Paul's boasting in the cross here too. And, um, and folks, if you go back and, and you think about, you know, the, the cultural context of Paul, there was nothing more ignoble than the cross at this time. I mean, it was like kind of like even, um, I don't know, the, 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 the root word for, for crucifixion or crux, it was even, you know, kind of forbidden in, in the polite Roman language. Right. I mean, again, this is something that, but, but Paul is boasting in this too, and this is what's so awesome and so cool, and what the Lord is doing here too. Um. And again, it's hard to think about too, because you know, for for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, the cross has been this, you know, again, the sacred symbol. But if you go back and you think about what he's boasting in, and what's happening here too, it's it's awesome. In some verses, um, man, I just encourage you guys to write these down. Uh, to this week, um, you know Philippians three uh, eight through ten and second corinthians five seventeen through eighteen um, Philippians three eight through ten, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. And may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being comforted to his death. Um, again, folks, I mean, this is nothing that we can do on our own. We think about that tension between the human and the divine and, and how we're trying to close this gap. Um, Jesus is the only way, the only way to close this gap. We have something so amazing to boast in, don't we? And again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18 says, Uh, And hopefully this is a verse you all recognize. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And going into uh, kind of the, the last Handful of verses that Paul writes here, too. Um, Kind of the last question I'll pose today. But, folks, who owns your heart, soul, and affections? What marks you? I mean, what? And, again, I think about my kids. Uh, I don't know what they would say. I mean, my oldest is five. But... If you were to ask your kids, I mean, some of your kids are old enough, too. If you are asked, ask, like, man, what's your, what's your dad or your mom all about? Or, um, or maybe your friends. Like, what marks you guys? You know, what do people say about you? What are you boasting in? What would your neighbors say about you? Those passions that are in your life, are they evident for others to see? In verse 16, Paul says, And those who will walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear on my body the brand marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brethren. Amen. And again, folks, I mean, yeah. Paul was writing to the church in Galatia, and we know that he had already literally suffered immensely by this time too. And, and some of this, I don't know with the timeline, but we do know that um, if you go back and look at Acts, you know, fourteen nineteen, that literally one of the cities he's writing to is Lystra. He was already been left for dead, stoned and left for dead on the side of the road there. Right? He already had the the physical beatings um, that were so evident uh, from this. <laughs> His passion for the gospel. And um, again, you know, if you go back, um, 2 Corinthians 11, 22, 25 describes he'd received countless beatings. Uh, five times the 39 lashes of the Jews, three times beaten with rods, and once stoned. Some of these sufferings may already have, and again, have endured uh, before the time he wrote this, as we talked about too. Um, but folks, that's passion. That is a man who is passionate. He has a passionate life uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ um, had done for him too. And he said, I will not obsess about anything other than the cross of Christ. And again, folks, like what is controlling you? What are the passions that are controlling you? How are you spending your time? Um, I mean, these are questions to ask. And again, I think about people who are passionate about freedom. Um, Man, I think about Jesus. And it was a man who was passionate about freedom. And again, what he accomplished on the cross for us, that we have been set free. We have been set free. Again, Going back to the Galatians, um, chapter five, verses one. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Folks, it is done. And there is nothing that we have to add to this. We have been set free we don't need to go back. We don't need to be enslaved again to any of this stuff. And again, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Right? We don't have to worry about the approval of people that need to be better, the hurts, or the anything that we might hold on to the past, it is done. Amen? It's good stuff too. I wanna ask I want to ask you guys too, and, and again, this has kind of been one of the the songs we've been playing throughout this, this message too, but I mean, I was putting this message together too. It just even hit me and just broadsided me even more too. Um, and again, with that, that verse in, in chapter five, verses one, um, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Um, and I'm going to have um, uh, the worship team come back up and, and um, uh, and play one more last song. It kind of has a response to this message too, but I want it just to just to let it resonate with your hearts um, and let this just resonate deep within your hearts. Um, and folks, if there's, man, if there's if, if something here, wrestle with this, and if there's something that you might be holding on to, if there's um, anything that you feel like there's, you're trying to add on to this, um, man, we'd love to pray with you. Um, Noelle and I are up here, Um, Mark's over here Jim and Abby um, back there too Um, even you know during the song um, or if if there's if there's this relationship with Jesus if you've never stepped into to what that might look like man come talk to us about it we would love just to talk to you about that to pray with you um, because it is the most amazing thing it's freedom it is an absolute freedom um, like none other And we want more than anything for you to to know that, to experience that. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time this morning. We do. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your finished work on the cross, Lord. Um, And that, Lord, we have been set free. Um, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.